Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk. I'm Kat Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hey. We've got another listener question. Do you want to share it with our listeners? I do, I do. I'm so excited. (laughs) Uh, We are always excited to answer questions. And a listener sent us a question via the form at realjobtalk.com. You can be like this listener and send us questions also. Yay. So Kat, here it goes. All right. I'm ready. Drum roll. (laughs) Hi, Kat and Liz. I've been working in an accounting group of 10 people for the last two years. About a year ago, I told our director that I wanted more responsibility. And since then, I've been doing additional projects and stretching myself. With our group growing, they recently opened a position for a manager, and I applied and got it. I've never been a manager before, and now I'm in charge of people who used to be my peers. My company doesn't have official training, but my director says that he knows I will do a good job and that I'm ready. How do I transition into this new role successfully? Thanks, new manager who doesn't want to seem new. Ooh, this is a good one. Well, first of all, congratulations on your promotion, new manager. Way to go after what you want and achieve it. A plus. Show in leadership. All right. So unfortunately, many companies don't offer a lot of training or even formal mentoring. So if somebody is good at accounting, the company may just assume that they'll figure out how to be a good manager. And I think we all recognize mm-hmm. that this isn't always the case. This is a disaster in so many different instances where like the really good developer then becomes the development management. They don't want to manage people. They really just want to develop, but they want to get raises and bonuses and move up the ladder. So they end up managing people, but not actually managing the people and therefore not doing a good job at the management part of their role. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have to say for something like this, management isn't always the only way to move up. And if you don't want to be responsible for people and their careers and them calling with the flu and them fake calling with the flu and everything in between, don't be a manager. Yeah. It's not the only path to grow your career. It's not. But luckily, our friend, new manager, wanted to be a manager and got the opportunity. And so I know that this person is going to be fantastic because she's thinking about it, which is awesome. It is. So the first thing, and this is kind of what she's doing. The first thing I can think of is that she needs to kind of sit down at the big new desk kind of thing and figure out where she is and like, all right, what am I confident about? What am I not confident about? And what's my team? Like who's on my team? What are their strengths and weaknesses and what's going on here? What have I just inherited? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when a company doesn't offer any traditional management training, you know, what she wants to do is gather as much information as she can as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good idea at this point for her to do a little bit of like, who am I as a person? Because some managers are like the warm, bubbly, hey, everybody, high five for the morning. And others are more calm, cool, and collected and just available and float in, float out, do regular check-ins. And I think you have to pick your management style based on who you are. Like if Mm -hmm. you're not someone who seems like they always have five cups of coffee, don't all of a sudden be bubbly high five manager. It's not going to be you. And this is a group that knows you. So if you kind of change your behavior, you're going to make some changes um, 
that's appropriate in moving from an independent contributor position to a manager position. Mm -hmm. But you want to be true to who you are and try to try to stay consistent to that as much as you can. If your people think that you've gotten fake or Mm -hmm. have changed and, oh, now she thinks she's all that, or, oh, she thinks she's so great, or she thinks she knows everything and I know nothing, like, you are going to die on the vine, friends. And chances are that, you know, there's going to be a little bit of that anyways, when you go from being a team member to managing that team. So there's going to be a little bit of leadership projection onto you, even if you are doing a sterling job. So expect it. It's normal. uh, But don't you know, don't pay much attention to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say in, and we'll talk about this more in a bit when we're talking about managing former colleagues, but like call it out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Call it out so that, so that you've kind of anticipated the past, but let's talk first about there's no training, right, Kat? And so what can they do? Some of us need kind of traditional knowledge to feel like we have what it, what it takes to do our job. So what can this person do if there isn't a training budget? Well, there's a ton that the person can do, actually. I mean, luckily, uh, we're recording this in 2019, and mm-hmm. there is just a ton of free content out there on on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously be discriminating, but uh, we, we'll give you a list of some articles and books that we think would be a good start for you guys. Mm-hmm. You can do a fair amount of teaching yourself through reading books and reading articles and talking to people. So, you know, you may want to try that. You might also want to just think about investing in a basic management course. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a manager and your company doesn't pay for management training, I mean, you know, who's to say that you can't purchase a, a class on your own, right? Why not? I mean, I've paid for a ton of my own professional development and I, and I did that when I was an employee because... Sometimes the companies don't offer it, but that doesn't mean that you stop learning. Absolutely. You're investing in yourself. There's no other, there's no better investment you can make. But before I would, well, not before you do that, if you want to do it in a more budget-friendly way, as Kat said, there's articles, we will put them, but there's Coursera and Udemy and and there's HR websites like Mm -hmm. Sherm and there's content on LinkedIn. I mean, one thing to just give a little asterisk here, make sure you're getting your management training content from a reputable place. So while there are some awesome bloggers out there and there's some great stuff, like I would try to look for things that are published in more reputable places like on LinkedIn or like on Sherm or in places that you would expect to find management training. Mm -hmm. Um, And look for articles and courses perhaps that are in your industry. Like if I was our friend, new manager, I'd be looking for articles about accounting management. Yes. I was going to mention that. Um, one of the clients that I support is an accounting firm in San Francisco, and they put all of their leaders through a training that the California Society of CPAs uh, sponsor. You know, if there's an industry, uh, spon- an industry sponsored uh, type of training, that would be a really good place to start. Absolutely. That with some books and maybe listen to some podcasts, you know, you're going to be in better shape than you think you might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are a ton of manager toolkits out there, books like One Minute Manager. There's Mm -hmm. so many. Crucial Conversations is another really good book that kind of gives some guidance on how to Mm -hmm. handle those kind of uncomfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there are a lot of different books and resources out there. Find them. Mm-hmm. Listen to them, read them, use them. I mean, it's there for you to use. And it's and honestly, they're all written 
to help you. They want someone like you to find them. So I definitely do that. A second thing, we've talked a lot on this podcast about your board of advisors and mentors. Mm -hmm. Time for some coffee. (laughs) Time to be reaching out. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a personal board of advisors or a mentor, it's not too late. And you can certainly have more than one mentor. In fact, that's that's why we like to call it a personal board of advisors because you can have several people on, on it and then have several different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably find, you know, many, many of them may share the same advice. That's the stuff you really want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And if you think of maybe you've lost touch with some manager that you had along the way that was really awesome reach out to them. I think it's a good time to think of who are the best managers that you've had and reach out to them, reconnect, talk to them now in a more peer-to-peer or whatever Mm -hmm. context. But also look at your friend. I think this is such a good time to look at not just your professional network, but your friend network Mm -hmm. and say, which of my friends are managers? And then maybe go to coffee with them. You're going to be very caffeinated, thanks to us. But but go out to coffee or lunch or an after work happy hour with a friend who's been managing for at least a year and talk to them about the transition. Talk to Mm -hmm. them about what they've done right and wrong. Really learn from their experience because you can be more vulnerable with a friend who's not a work friend or a colleague or a mentor from the work environment. So even if they're in a different career, if they're managing people, it's a great time to connect with a friend and say, I'm new, I'm scared, help me. And ask them both for for both their management and leadership advice because mm-hmm. it might be different and that would be you know interesting to see. Absolutely. And ask them how they spend their time. Like, mm-hmm. What part of your day is spent on this? How often do you actually meet with each of your people? Like, Get the down and dirty of what they've done well, what they haven't done well, what they wish they could do over. What the challenges were. Ask them what their biggest challenges were in their first year. Totally. That gives you a phone a friend if you're having a bad management day that, again, doesn't feel like, oh, if I admit this, it looks bad for my career. Right, right. Think about managers that you've known that you respect. Mm -hmm. What qualities do they have? What did they do to earn your respect? Mm -hmm. You know, were they willing to roll up their sleeves and work right beside you? Mm -hmm. Were they willing to get, you know, do what they needed to do to get the job done? So, you know, think about that and, you know, the qualities that really pop out to you, write them down because those are qualities that you are going to want to emulate. Mm -hmm. What made them a good manager? And it doesn't mean that you have to be a carbon copy because you're you, not them. Right. But when you think about, okay, this is what I look for in a management or this is what I think makes somebody a good manager, you're going to find things that are consistent across all people, even if they have different personalities. But I also challenge you to go to the opposite way and think of the not so great managers. Yep. Think about what you learned, not what not to do and make notes of that and remind yourself not to do that stuff. Yeah. Like the buck passers or the people that I had a manager once who used to call my name out of their office in a high, like Cinderella voice. Let me tell you how that made me feel Mm -hmm. like Cinderella. And she had some self-esteem issues. I can't imagine the situation where I would be like, Kathleen, (laughs) to get you to come into my office. Right. That's just not your style. No, no. 
and nobody appreciates it. So think about those not so great managers as well as the awesome ones for sure. It allows you to kind of check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Good advice. So new role, new responsibilities. You might be a little nervous uh, having to manage the people that were your coworkers, right? There's a lot of unknowns and, and given that you don't have training, you know, you might be maybe coming up against some imposter syndrome type stuff. Like, well, you know, why did I get here or why am I here? Or I shouldn't be here, that kind of stuff. So what, what we want to advise you is to please be kind to yourself, Mm -hmm. especially when those kind of fears and doubts come up Yeah, uh, and be patient with yourself because it's a brand new job and you can't expect yourself to be perfect. Mm-mm. So expect yeah. there to be a learning curve, right? And and don't try to know everything at once. No, and you're going to feel like employing the part of manager today <laughs> is new manager. <laughs> and it feels really weird to all of a sudden be in new meetings that you weren't privy to and to mm-hmm. be part of conversations you're not privy to and to sit there feeling like you need to be the expert in all things when you've had the job for a week or a month or two months. And... I think that being aware of the skills that you want to require, but also spending those first few months really listening to what's required. Like mm-hmm. you come to the meeting and you see that everyone has all their numbers for the last month printed out and you didn't know you were supposed to bring down that to a meeting. Well, you're going to stay quiet. Hope you're not called on. And next month you're going to have those numbers. So it's a t- the first couple months are a real time to observe the expectations, both the written and spoken expectations and the unspoken expectations, Mm -hmm. and to learn. You do not want to go into new manager job with being like the kid with their hand always up in the classroom. I know what I'm, look, I'm proving myself because I earned my new manager pants. Don't be that irritating new manager. Just don't do it. But if you instead are really observant and confident when you're speaking up and and saying what's going on or reporting on your piece, you're going to get that confident and feel like you should be inhabiting those new manager pants. But as Kat said, give yourself some leeway and take some time for you. Make sure you're taking care of yourself during this time because being well-rested, being well-centered, it's only going to boost your confidence. If you look like the haggard person who's getting three hours of sleep a night, I mean, they'll see you sweating a mile away. You know, we've covered self-care several times already, and we probably will continue to because the best way you can support your career is by practicing decent Mm self-care. It's really not that hard. You move a little bit, you make sure you get enough sleep, and you try to nourish yourself with food that's actually nourishing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's a practice, right? And the more you practice, the the better you get at it just with being a manager. So one point is that if you're asked a question, you don't have the answer. The answer is always, you know, I don't know, but let me get back to you in the next 24 hours with the answer to that. And then make sure that you do. That's, yeah. that's really key, right? You want to be consistent. You want to be reliable. You want to be the manager that, Hey, it's okay if my manager doesn't know, but you know what? She's not afraid to tell me mm-hmm. that she doesn't know. And I know she's going to get back to me in 24 hours, within 24 hours, because she said so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever you need to do to keep yourself organized, do it. I, I tend to write, um, I have to write myself a lot of notes. Oh gosh, yes. To, re- to remember everything. Absolutely. And then I cross it off and feel so good. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, and I would say if if your workplace has this, make a regular meeting with your HR person. Um, that's another way that you can get training on the job without them paying for training on the job. So make a bi-weekly, monthly, whatever works for you and the HR person. And uh-huh. it totally depends on your company and the setup and all that. But if you have a half hour with your HR person on a regular basis where you can talk about your people, talk about different HR processes that all of a sudden you have to be aware of and just get that HR feedback around what you should be doing, you're also going to build your confidence around yourself in the manager role. And if you have a challenge, bring it to that HR business partner. If you utilize them that way, it's going to be a really nice benefit to you. Mm-hmm. That's their job. It is their job. It is their job. But not everyone understands that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that HR is actually has a, you know, has a clue as to what's happening with the business too. There's more than just processes and benefits administration and recruiting. Yeah. But a good business partner is like a really good person to have a strong relationship with. Absolutely. Cause they're there to help you in good times and in not so good times. How do I promote this person? How do I give this person a bonus? Mm-hmm. What can I do for this person off cycle? Like mm-hmm. they're there for all of those things. Yeah. Th- this person is almost there, but there's this one thing. How do I coach this person? Mm-hmm. Right. Get the advice from your, get the advice from your, your HR business partner. But if you don't have one, if you don't have one or your company is instructed that way, then you can also, you can go outside the organization. You can, you can talk to a mentor, you can talk mm-hmm. to a former colleague, yep. um, but just, uh, you know, make sure that you're keeping information confidential because that's another way that you'll be, you'll build trust uh, across the organization, both, mm-hmm. you know, man- you know, up, down and, you know, laterally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say just to fit it in here, As a manager, one thing you need to remember, new manager, is that you need to take notes. Notes are more important as a manager than they are as an individual contributor. So after every one-on-one, after every strange interaction, if someone on your team isn't doing well, you need to have notes and to be documenting things. It can only help you later on. So if you're going to be taking notes, planning on taking notes after a meeting, Mm -hmm. try not to book yourself back-to-back. Yeah. Or book yourself in a 45-minute meeting and then give yourself 15 minutes to write down the notes that are important and also to get to your next meeting. Yep. There's something really calming about having a little bit of white space on your calendar. You might as well get started giving yourself that if you can. Whatever works for you. Block certain... Every three hours, block 20 minutes on your calendar. Whatever works for you, make it Mm -hmm. work. But know that you need to start taking notes on your interactions in a real and genuine way. So Kat, they're managing people that used to be their peers. They move from the cubicles to the corner office. Right. There's an inherent challenge in that. Learning how that first six months, even a full year, right? It's learning how to shift your relationship from being coworkers to them being your direct reports. And it's important that those relationships transition, right? With really strong communication and good footing. You know, doing what you say you're going to do is important. Uh, you know, not pretending you know things when you don't, but just making sure that you follow up. That's again why you want to why you want to be taking notes so that you can make sure you're not missing anything. Yeah. And I would say following up is is huge, but also showing them why you were promoted. So being really helpful, mm-hmm. helping them when they're stuck, opening up doors that that were closed to them, or enabling them to do things, or when they're saying, "Oh, I'm stuck on this issue." Show them how you would do it so that 
they know why you're in this teaching leadership role. A manager isn't like a parent. It's a manager. They're there to help you do your job better. That is what a manager is for. A good manager is all about, you know, making their team successful. Right. You have to kind of show through your actions why you were put in this position to make the team better and move it forward. And not in a, oh, I can do that faster than you kind of way. Please, no. But in a, oh, you're stuck. This is how I figured that out in a genuine kind way. And I think that if you've been on the team and, you know, when you were a cubicle person before and so that you don't make that big, hard divide, that's a one-on-one conversation. Like, hey, Kat, I know, you know, we used to sit next to each other in the cubicles and now I'm your manager. How do you feel about that? Because I feel a little awkward, to be honest, having one-on-ones with you now, Kat, as your manager, but I worked really hard to get here. I think I've got a lot of really great experience and, you know, I'm just, I'm here to help you however you can. I know you're awesome at what you do and I appreciate you, but know that I'm here to help and I'm going to learn. And I'm, my goal is to make this the best accounting team that this company's ever seen and to really help us all do our jobs better. So what you did there was you shared what your, what your goal is and, and you acknowledged that it's weird. It's a little weird at first, but that you're, you're there to help them. So that was perfect. Liz. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> um, and like, honestly, as a boss, you don't want to be hanging no. with the people who work with you. Like, as much as we all have work friends and we make friends at work, we spend more time at work anywhere else. Yeah, maybe you can go for the first drink at happy hour and then you exit stage left and meet your non-work friends. Mm-hmm. One of the things that happens with promotion is that your relationships with your team become naturally more professional without losing their genuine nature. And I know that that is a super fine line to walk. So I don't know, Kat, what do you think about that? Well, I agree with you. And I think you just do your best to be true to who you are and, and, you know, try not to put on airs because mm-hmm. people who've been working with you know you and they're going to sniff that out and it's going to bite you in the butt. So just be yourself and do your best and really try to be helpful and continue to learn, right? The one piece of advice that if I had to just give one is continually learn, know your business and then develop management skills. And that's from classes or books and also practice, right? You're going to learn through, you know, I'm sure in the first year, you're going to come across some challenges that are going to be really excellent learning opportunities, Mm -hmm. and you may not handle them the best way the first time, but that's Mm -hmm. okay because it's a learning opportunity. And next time you'll, you'll learn from how, you know, how to do something better next time. I, yeah. And by the way, when you screw up, own it, own it. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. You have to own those screw ups because if you don't, no trust. You're going to, trust is going to go down the tubes. Yeah. Out the window. So you have to own your mistakes and show how you'll do better next time and then do better next time. Uh-huh. We all make mistakes though. And we're all human. And the more human you can be as a manager, the better you're going to establish leadership with the team. Yeah. And sometimes a decision's made and you have to decide you have more data And you have to make a different decision that may not make people happy. 
So the best thing to do is to communicate it as soon as possible, right? You, it, one of the things that I've learned about management is that you need to communicate m- more than you think you do. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I work with, with my, you know, in, in the corporate work that I do communicate something a few ways, like have a conversation or a meeting, right? And then follow up with an email because Mm -hmm. that reinforces the important changes. Mm -hmm. And little tip, when you're preparing for the meeting and you're writing out your notes for the meeting, do it in the email so that after the meeting, you can say, and in summary, and that email is already written for you. Of course, you can edit it based on how the meeting went, but that so save yourself time, but yeah, follow go. it up in different ways because mm-hmm. some people won't hear it or won't hear it correctly, and then they'll see it in writing and they'll get it and they'll know what you're talking about. So make sure to communicate over communicate. Oh, you know how we talked about that change in the meeting when you're in the one on one, you say, Is that is that working for you? Any suggestions or tweaks you have? Yeah, constantly Catholic. gather feedback. What do you think is one of the best questions you can have as a manager? Because That way you find out what your team thinks Mm -hmm. and you can, you know, it's good to have that information and right. And if, if they have good, uh, good ideas, bring them forward and give them credit for their ideas. Don't be having a voice. Yes. Like they want to know that they can have an impact. Be the kind of manager that lets your people know they have an impact. Right. Like I'm thinking if you work at the gap and you're a salesperson and people are always asking for polo shirts and they're way in the back kind of hidden. And so you're always directing people to polo shirts. And you said to your manager, you know, people are really all looking for polo shirts this season. I think we should put them closer to the front of the store. Awesome. Yeah. That'll increase sales. Great. Thank you. I'm managing and crunching numbers in the back. I'm not seeing that. Your feedback can help our store's revenue. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And then you get it done. Make sure it gets done or empower them to do it. Oh, everybody wins. So we kind of talked around this, but I think that as soon as you get into the role, new manager, those regular meetings become go on your calendar. And honestly, those things are pretty much glued. And because nothing is more annoying than the manager that cancels your one-on-one every week or every two, you know. And and how many clients have you worked with, Liz, that have, you know, that that are looking for to make a job change? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is because their manager doesn't give them any time Mm. or isn't consistent, right? It's usually the, the main reason people want to make a move is because they don't have a solid relationship with their manager. Or they don't feel like they can grow under the man- mm-hmm. their manager. Or they feel like there's a ceiling. Or they mm-hmm. feel like their ma- their voice isn't heard. They don't mm-hmm. have a... I mean, all those things. And one-on-ones allow you to check in on somebody's progress, how they're doing, how they're doing against their deliverables. Take their pulse. Yep. And while a manager is not a therapist, guidance counselor, yada, yada, yada. If someone says, you know, my kid has mono and is home from college and it's super stressful. That gives you insight into why they're leaving work every day early all of a sudden, or it allows you to say, well, do you need to work at home a couple days a week? Or it allows you to make the job more friendly to the person in their life situation so that they then end up more loyal and feel heard and understood. So if you don't know what's going on with your people, both professionally and sometimes somewhat personally, then you can't manage them as well. 
Those one-on-ones let you know what's going on with that person, know their career goals. Oh, I'd really love to work in sales someday. Oh, great. Do you want me to ask sales if there's a project that you can work cross-functionally on? Great. I just opened the door for you because the best managers let their people go on to bigger and better opportunities, hopefully enabled by them within the company. Absolutely. What, Liz, what if, what if the person that you're meeting with, right? I'm, I'm the new manager and I'm, I've got a one-on-one. It's my first one-on-one with someone in the team that I actually didn't have a solid relationship with. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, there was always kind of a little bit of friction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you have for them? Like are you thinking of someone who also wanted the manager job? Well, maybe, yeah, maybe. Oh. I mean, I think I would kind of be, you know, kind of direct, you know, we've had some challenges in the past, but you know, that's in the past. And I'm really hoping that we can, uh, you know, figure out how, you know, I, I really want to be able to support you in this role, right? Go back to what you can do for them because people always are interested in what you can do for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's restart time. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like to restart relationship. This yep. is also a wonderful time to put your best praising hat on mm-hmm. and say, and so say exactly what Katja said. I know we, we haven't always been, you know, the most collegial colleagues in the past. I'd like to change that and really work on a relationship going forward. I think you are such a strong fill in the blank. You know, I really admire how you fill in the blank. I feel like I learned from you, like, for example, when we were on XYZ Project and you did this and I thought it was brilliant. I mean, butter that toast. Just keep buttering. And, and do it do it sincerely though, yeah. because people can smell it when it's not. So be, you know, be careful about what you what you are praising. Have it be authentic. And if you're authentic and sincere, yeah, that's a good thing. So yeah, before that meeting, think of like three things you really appreciate about that person or that you've really admired so that you're speaking from truth and from the heart and you're not full of it. Mm-hmm. And say, and and just say, do you have any concerns with our working relationship moving forward? Mm-hmm. Or, or do you think this is going to be comfortable for you? Because honestly, some people can't get over something like that. Like if right. Kat and I both went for the same job and Kat got it, maybe I'm the kind of person who can't get over that, that I didn't get it. Well, then it's time for Kat and me to have some real heavy conversations in the future about moving me to a different group or maybe even me exiting the company. And so by trying to start fresh and on a really good foot, you're going to know really quickly if that's going to be possible or not. And also give them their space, right, Kat? Yeah, absolutely. You know, treat them with kindness and respect and, Mm -hmm. you know, you will win them over and develop strong relationships. But even if it's not going to be a good fit, Mm -hmm. uh, then you can help facilitate that as gracefully as possible. Right. But I I will say, you know, being direct is awesome, but know that they've just gotten their feelings hurt. I mean, if you take it back to playground rules, right? Mm -hmm. They had their feelings hurt. They're smarting a little bit. It's not the time to smother them. It's time to give them space and and show through how you're managing other people and you're checking with them and being kind and not ignoring them, but show them that you're going to be a good, genuine manager. So that they are like, okay, I see why Kat got the job. She is pretty awesome. But give them as much space as possible so that they can kind of get over their own disappointment, which really has nothing to do with you. You may be, you getting the job may be the reason they are disappointed, but 
it really doesn't have anything to do with you. You didn't do something to them. And that's important to remember, right? Stay as neutral as you can. And when someone is really highly charged with emotions, the best thing you can do is be aware of it and acknowledge it, but as neutral as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's worth saying, stay out of office gossip. Like as a manager, it's so much more important than as a individual contributor. Just stay out of office gossip. And you can even nip it in the bud, right? If someone's coming at you and you're uncomfortable with what they're talking about, you can kind of say, hey, let's not go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Or I don't need to know about that. Right. Well, I got plenty of other stuff on my plate. There you go. There you go. You use some humor. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. But yeah, keep those one-on-one meetings, whatever regularity works for you and let them know you have an open door policy and be seen. I think one thing that is so important, like in, in our little analogy, when you went from the cubicles to the office, don't sit in your office with the door closed. Nope. Keep your door open as often as possible. Once in a while, you have to close the door. That's that's why you have a door to close. Why I have a door. Go walk around, check in. Hey guys, you know, how's it going? What, you know, don't be like the office space guy. Like, hey, be visible, be around so that they see you. And they see what you're working on. Or you could even come out and be like, I got to take a break. I've got, you know, I'm putting together the numbers from last quarter and my my head is spinning. You're human. Mm -hmm. Be human with them. So let's talk about some of the basics of managing people. Managing people can be really complicated. Oh my God. So just know that people are complicated. Mm-hmm. Everyone has different filters. Everyone has different experiences. Something that may impact someone. That's why the one-on-ones are really important because that gives you a direct connection with each of your people and you start to get to know them. Yep. You no, know, there are lots of books. There are classes. And uh, yeah, you're a new manager. So guess what? You get to be a person who reads business books. <laughs> and I think you can't stress enough that this is a job of human to human and we're all human. Yes. So we all have things that affect us and affect us differently. And sometimes you're going to have to make a decision on the fly. You know, Jimmy broke up with his girlfriend yesterday and he's a blubbering mess and talking to everybody and nobody's getting anything done because Jimmy is like losing his marbles. Hey, Jimmy, you're having a tough day. Just take the rest of the day. I'm not, you know, not counting it. Just you go take care of yourself and, you know, we'll see you tomorrow. And like, and in your office, not in front of everybody, you know, but mm-hmm. private conversation. You know Jimmy's not getting Jack diddly done today. <laughs> right. Jimmy is distracting the whole group. Jimmy needs to go cry into mm-hmm. his Ben and Jerry's. So you're the kind of person who, yes, Jimmy has no more PTO because he went to Spain last month. Go see Ben and Jerry, Jimmy. Think about the productivity of your team, right? Yeah. If he's there and causing a distraction, it's going to be much better to to lose, you know, six hours of someone's time as opposed to four times that amount from all the talking that's going to be happening, the comforting that's going to be happening. So, well, and you just treated Jimmy like a human. Yes, even and better. Jimmy needs the day off because he's really sad. Yep. And so Jimmy's going to remember that his manager just saw him as a person. His manager actually has empathy. Oh, good skill to have as a manager. Mm-hmm. So while there are policies at most companies and 
employee handbooks, which are fantastic. Sometimes as a manager, you have to make a judgment call based on a situation and know that you're going to be in that situation and be okay with that. Because remember, these are all people. Right. And let's see what else. Oh, praise people. Yes. Communicate when someone does a good job. Don't yeah. don't hold back on that shiz. No, share it. Share it up. Share it across. Yes. Share it down. And thank them for their efforts. And you know what the most powerful emails on earth are? The ones that you write to your manager telling them how someone on your team just rocked your world. And yep. oh yeah, you copy the person. So that all of a sudden they're like, whoa, this email says, dear big boss, I'm the best ever. Love mm-hmm. my boss. Those are really good emails to oh. keep in a special file, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you want to hold on to that stuff. You know, give credit. When someone comes up with the idea that solves the issue that everyone's working on and it wasn't you, that's fabulous. That's why you have a team. I actually had someone say today that they like having a team because that makes them have a bigger impact on their work because it's not just their work, it's the whole team. And that so as a group, they can do so much more. That's cool. Yep. I know. That's a good perspective. And so celebrate everyone's contributions. A good habit to get into. And that's just, it just increases the goodwill. Mm And, and thank, you know, when I say, Hey, Kat, can you stay late? Because I need someone to cover this or get this thing finished. And Kat says, sure, I've got it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I would, I would stay with you, but it's my kids play tonight and I've got to go. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. A little thank you goes really far, really far. And you know what an even better manager might say, thank you so much, Kat. You just saved my butt. You know what? Don't come until noon tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. take the morning since you're working late tonight and different jobs, you know, hourly people, that's a lot harder to do, but just an acknowledgement of thanks. Mm -hmm. And there's so many ways to reward people that don't cost the company that much. Absolutely. What else makes someone really awesome? Well, a good manager needs to be able to learn how effectively, how to receive and give feedback. Mm -hmm. And that feedback can be scary Mm -hmm. uh, when you're not used to it. So Understand that and, you know, acknowledge if you're feeling a little bit of fear about either giving some feedback that may be uncomfortable for you to give or even receiving feedback. Um, I was talking to someone earlier this week who was talking about a boss who just is not able to receive feedback. CEO of a company who's got this kind of doe-eyed look, you know, glossy eyes when negative feedback, I mean, a feedback that maybe isn't positive, right? Feedback that's discussing a challenge or, you know, stuff that he doesn't want to hear that he's uncomfortable. He just checks out and and the whole senior executive team is aware of it. You you really want, I mean, feedback is a gift. We're going to do a whole uh, episode on feedback and maybe even multiple, but learning how to give and receive feedback is an art. Mm -hmm. On that, like your employees aren't going to be perfect and neither are you. So when a mistake happens, confront it, deal with it, fix it and move on. And what do we learn from it? You can post more it a little bit. Hey, next time this happens, we'll deal with it differently. Right. Okay, cool. Good learning opportunity. Great. I'm so glad we figured that out. Moving Mm -hmm. on. So you don't bury the praise under the rug. You don't bury the mistakes under the rug. The more you can talk about what's going on, the better communication is going to happen. And like, you can have a team meeting, like everyone, 
we totally messed this project up. We need to redo it. Let's put together a game plan right now. Let's all put our heads together and get it right this time. And make sure to get everyone's input who yeah. has input to give in that meeting. Uh-huh. For sure. And on your team, you're going to have your more vocal people. You're going to have your quieter people and everything in between. Make sure you're spreading the love. And just because someone's a little quieter doesn't mean they're not as or more productive or they have less to, to add to the team. And so even if you used to be best buddies with one person or what have you, when you were all teammates, try to spread your time and your praise and your help evenly because people will notice so fast if they're a favorite. And especially if you had a friend on the team before, Mm -hmm. they're going to be watching that like a hawk. They are. So do your best to treat everyone equally. Mm -hmm. Try not to play favorites. And, you know, Part of that is just learning to be consistent, right? So just just do your best to be as consistent as you can be. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, on the difficult conversations front, that's why your regular meetings with HR are going to be really helpful because they will tell you when they need to be involved or they will help coach you with that. Mm-hmm. Practice those puppies in the mirror if you have to. Practice them with a friend or a partner outside of work. But You've got to have them. Don't be afraid of them. The more they pile up. Oh, the harder it's going to be to manage. Oh gosh. And like for the last eight weeks, you've been absolutely terrible at X. Well, why didn't you tell me seven weeks ago? Like if you confront the issue head on, they have less ammo to come back at you. Mm -hmm. The minute you see it, you talk about it and try to start working through it. They can't say that you ignored it or that you, you were fine with it for the first six weeks. You only started being on my back the last two. Yeah. What, what you don't want to happen is to, you know, for it to be review time and for any kind of critical feedback mm-hmm. to be rise in the review. It just shouldn't happen. It's bad. It's bad leadership mm-hmm. to put something that's going to go into someone's employee file, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Forever. Permanent, permanent uh, feedback. When you mm-hmm. haven't given them the benefit of sharing, you know, of acknowledging that this is an issue and mm-hmm. you want to see changes. You will know if you're a good manager, if nobody is surprised by anything in their performance review, then yes. you've done your job. Exactly. And so Kat, you use the interesting word leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think leadership and management are not synonymous. They're not. And so tell me, you know, in your management reading, you're going to read the word leadership about 8,723 times. But Kat, in your words, what's the difference between leadership and management? Well, I really believe you can demonstrate leadership at any level in an organization, right? By how you conduct yourself and how how you behave and how you communicate and how you give feedback, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Managers are responsible for managing a group. Mm -hmm. Most good managers that I know have some pretty strong leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. The ability to influence, the ability to motivate, Mm -hmm. the ability to give good feedback, Mm -hmm. you know, the ability to inspire someone to do a better job, the ability to align with the vision and the mission of the company, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, I don't know. You may have a different take on it or... A manager's job is to like collect the timesheets and Mm -hmm. aggregate the numbers and like all these tactical things. Mm -hmm. Whereas a leader's job is to set the direction 
for mm-hmm. the people that are reporting to them and then enable them to meet the end goal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all the things you said around communication and all of that, but a leader is an enabler, whereas a manager is a box checker. Mm-hmm. I agree. And of course, in a management role, you got to check the boxes, but you have to enable. And part of it, being a leader is being human and understanding the human condition. But I think that you want to set yourself up that you're a leader as their manager. Absolutely. Not just the timesheet checker. Um, And the other thing that new manager, you're probably going to deal with on some level is being part of the management team. Mm -hmm. So you're one of them now. Right. You get to go into those meetings that you used to just kind of watched from Mm -hmm. outside before. Oh, their meeting yes. again. <laughs> and so you represent your team at the big table. We talked a little bit about in the beginning, you're going to be a pretty big observer and not mm-hmm. a huge contributor because you need to see what the culture of those meetings are. You know, you've just been a lot behind the curtain. What's it like there? You don't want to buck the system and stand out of that meeting culture in the beginning. And if you're asked something directly, don't be afraid to give your opinion. Mm-hmm. You can say, I'm new here, mm-hmm. but this is my thought. Although, you know, I'm still learning this, you yeah. know, I'm still learning this, whatever w- that you're learning, but don't be a know-it-all. Mm-mm. You know, ask your team for ideas, um, ask your other team members and the management team, ask other people for ideas and give them credit for their ideas too. Mm-hmm. For sure. But If they're talking about some topic related to the company management and you didn't even know that you talked about that, you know, it's so nice coming from the other side, knowing that you guys are talking about these issues and here are my thoughts. You're allowed to have opinions in those. Absolutely. The best lesson that my mentor in the very beginning of my career taught me was in big group wide meetings, shut up and watch. Mm -hmm. And I was so glad because when I got more senior and I was able to add and contribute. I knew who was going to then say exactly what I said in their words, just so their <laughs> voice could be heard. And I, like, right. I that's knew right. how it was going to go down. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. It's such good advice. Uh, you know, as part of management, you kind of can't complain down anymore. Like those mm-hmm. days of going and sitting around with your colleagues and complaining, they're gone. But that being said, I would say, Kat, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but if someone comes to you and says, Kat, you're my manager now, our two-week vacation policy is BS. I mean, nobody has two-week vacation policy anymore. It's antiquated. It's too little. And it really sucks. I think you can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say just because you're not going to be sitting around dumping on the company or being negative Nelly, you can't agree with a valid point that you agree with. Right but there will be things that you can't talk about anymore. That's right. So yeah, the confidential stuff, you've got to learn to keep it confidential because Mm -hmm. if you don't, you're going to lose trust. Mm -hmm. We're in a litigious society and there's liability. As a manager, you've been entrusted to be able to keep information confidential. So, you know, if you're ever in doubt, you know, ask someone you trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you know, you obviously, I love how new manager went to her, her manager and said, I want a promotion. I want to leave yep. and got that. So she already knows how to manage up somewhat pretty mm-hmm. well because right. she did it. Yeah. Her manager saw leadership capability in her or wouldn't have promoted her. Bingo. But now 
I mean, if you promote someone from the ranks to management, you're going to be a little, you're going to be crossing your fingers a little bit. Like, can they handle this? Mm -hmm. So I think it's so important not only to be communicating like crazy with your team, but communicating up really well. This is what I'm seeing. I'm noticing the team. These are the dynamics I'm noticing on the team. These are who I think my strong people, my weak people, one-on-ones with your manager is so important. So talk to your manager and tell them what you're doing, what changes you're making. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Absolutely. Continue to manage up well. So that means knowing one of the questions that you want to be asking when you're interviewing for the job, what does success look like at 90 days? What do you need from me in the first 90 days? What goalposts are there? What milestones are you expecting? Mm-hmm. And you know, make sure that you are working toward those. Yep. And have regular updates so mm-hmm. that they know it. Because nothing's worse than a surprise at 90 days that it didn't get done. But yeah. if it's going to be done on day 95 and it's just a slight delay because of a technology glitch, that's cool. Yeah, it's all about communicating. If something isn't done, you you communicate why and then the plan for the next milestone. Mm-hmm. And I think another good point at this phase is to look across your company at other people that are at your level and make sure you get to know them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before your peer group was one place, now you have a new peer group and you want to make sure you know those peers because you're all going to be dealing with similar cross-company issues. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know those other people that are sitting around that manager table. Absolutely. So we talked a lot about things to do, things not to do. You know, we probably talked some hot button issues around management. Um, We'd love to hear from our listeners about management wins and management losses and management thoughts and management strengths. We are... So excited to hear from you guys. Send us your challenges. Let's let's brainstorm your challenges together. Mm-hmm. For sure. So Kat, last words for new manager. Keep on learning. Don't be afraid to be human and be, be kind and clear in your communication. Yeah. Be a person. Treat your people like people. Don't hesitate to say what's on your mind. Be authentic. Yeah. But I'm pumped. Just be you. Awesome. Until next time. See you later. Good luck, new manager. Yeah. Thank you for writing us. We hope this helped. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions topics you'd like to talk about, and real job talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beeks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Froyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. <laughs>